This morning, I'd like you to turn, if you have a Bible, turn to the book of Acts chapter 28. It's the last chapter in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 28. The, the book of Acts, A-C-T-S, is the, is the uh, actions or the deeds of the early uh, believers, and it's the history book of the early church. It records some of the significant events in the early decades of uh, Christian history. It's powerful stuff. I love the book of Acts. And uh, uh, one of the persons who's very prominent in the book of Acts is a man named Paul. We sometimes refer to him as the Apostle Paul. He's a great godly man, uh, wonderful conversion. It's recorded there in Acts. And, and it also records some of the missionary journeys that he and others traveled on and the great things that he did. A few chapters before this, uh, before Acts chapter 28, uh, it records how Paul was arrested for his faith in Christ. See, he'd been very effective in sharing Christ with many different people, both Jews and non-Jews, and how so many people came to Christ and, and, and the, the, the change that was affected in their lives because of this. And he was arrested. And, and because he was arrested and yet he was also a Roman citizen, it records how he appealed to Caesar or he appealed for a trial in the capital of the Roman Empire, the city of, the city of Rome. And so how in the previous chapter it records how Paul was placed on a, a ship, a prison ship that was on its way that was bound for Rome. A ways into the journey, a way into this sea journey, it's the, it records how they encountered a storm that lasted for two weeks. Now, I want you just to think of that. Can, can, I, I have a hard time imagining a storm that lasts for two weeks on open water, on a boat. I, I, I've spent very little time as, uh, as a sailor, I, I, about five hours. That's the total amount of time that I have spent uh, in a boat on the ocean. That's it. And five hours. Uh, and the time that I, the day that I was there, it was uh, rather beautiful. It was relatively calm. Uh, but but for four of those hours, the last four of those five hours, I was laying down in the boat, begging them to go back to shore. So I can't imagine what it must have been like for two weeks to be on a storm-tossed sea. Chapter twenty-seven records how. They shipwrecked uh, or, uh, off the shore of the island of Malta. It's in the middle of the Mediterranean. You can find it today. It's still called that. And they shipwreck off of this shore, which in itself must have been a rather uh, a difficult thing, a terrifying thing even for those involved. Now, it records how no one died in the shipwreck and everyone swam to shore. And the people of the island of Malta uh, they, they welcomed them or they prepared for them a fire, records here in the early verses of chapter 28. They graciously started a fire to, to help and assist these, these survivors of this shipwreck. And you, you can imagine what those people have been through. Now remember, many of them are prisoners, so they've probably not been treated very well. In fact, quite certain of that. They were 
people who had been through two weeks of, of storm-tossed seas, and so they've not eaten much. They're maybe rather emaciated. They're, <laughs> they, 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 they don't look very healthy. And, and then they went down in a shipwreck, and, and they've swam to shore. Uh, and so they're, they're, they're bedraggled. They're, they're weary. They're tired beyond words. And they're around this fire. It must have felt good just to be on solid ground and around, around a fire, something that you don't often have on a ship. So it must have felt so good. Verse 3 of Acts chapter 28, and we want to begin reading here. It says that Paul, who was among others sitting around this, this campfire, uh, he, it says that he added wood to the fire and a viper, that's a venomous snake, it's not just a snake, it's a venomous snake, a viper drawn out by the heat fastened itself on Paul's hand. So again, kind of a big picture thing here. This man who has been arrested, this man who suffered for two weeks on a on a, on a storm-tossed ship in the middle of the Mediterranean, this man who has been shipwrecked now has a venomous viper bearing its fangs into his hand. <laughs> I mean, you talk about going from bad to worse. You think you've had a bad day? You talk about bad days. What this man was going through, what he had been through, it just goes from bad badder to worse. I mean, you look at just what I talked about there. You, you look at all of these events, all of these difficult situations, and you will strain your eyes trying to find something good in all of those different things. But God had a purpose. God had a purpose. He really did. If, if you just look at those those elements, it doesn't look good, but God had a purpose. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, there's a statement that for some of you it may sound familiar. It is a familiar verse. It was written by Paul, this, this same under arrest, shipwrecked and snake bit Paul, same person. And directed by the Holy Spirit, Paul wrote this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. <laughs> it's brief. Let me read it again. And, and we know, he's convinced of this, we know that in all all things, not just some things, but in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. The, the, the word purpose there at the very end of that verse, it mean, it, it, the, the Greek word means to set in place or to set something forward. You would use this word, this purpose, if you were preparing for a very fine meal and you're setting a table and you purposely put everything around that table. When it speaks of God's purposes, it means that he is preparing for something. That's what purposes mean. Now, back to Paul for a moment. This doesn't mean that 
that, that the things that he went through, the, the, his arrest and, and his shipwreck or the snake bite or any of the other things that are recorded that Paul did in the book of Acts, that, 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 that they were necessarily in themselves good things. In fact, in fact, none of those points of suffering were good just in themselves. Shipwreck is, is not good. Suffering is not good. Snakebite is not good. Any more than a, a virus or a disease or job loss or income reduction or the cancellation of some really big events, important events, or the change up of some of those events, any more than all of those things are in themselves something good. But what this does tell us here in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, what it does tell us is that God can take our hard times and our, our broken fragments. He can take these, these various difficult and hard and broken things and, and He can even take our pain and from them he alone can bring something good from them. See, God alone can take these disjointed, hard, difficult things in our lives, only He can bring them together and out of them bring something very, very good. Something in your life or perhaps for the benefit of someone else in their life. I just finished reading the Bible last Thursday or Friday. And it takes me usually about a year and a half to two years to read through the Bible. I, 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 uh, I just read through, and then when I get done, I, I go back and I begin reading. And, and so right now I'm in Genesis. I'm, I'm reading through in my devotions about the creation and I'm reminded how the God that we serve at the very beginning of time as we know it, it wasn't his beginning, he's always been, but at the very beginning, God brought order into disorder. He created something that wasn't there. When I say that our God has the ability to bring things together, to bring, to bring form out of disunity, to bring order out of destruction, uh, he's been doing that for as long as history has ever been. Our God alone can do this. He alone can create something good out of something very, very bad. Again, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Please notice that that is a conditional statement. It says that God can work all those things together for the good of those who love Him, it's conditional, and are called according to His purpose. That statement isn't for everyone, it's for those who love Him. So the, the very simple question that I have for everyone listening here today is, do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? I don't mean just do you know about Him, many people do. But do you love him? Do you have a relationship with him? 
not simply something that was done a long time ago or a, a class that was completed or, or some significant moment in your childhood. But do you know him today? Are you, are you in relationship with him today? Are his purposes, are, 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 are you walking according to his plans and his purposes, the, the, the plans that he has set forth, or are you still trying to do it on your own? Well, if you are, then if you are, if you are still trying to do it on your own, then, then the most important thing you need to hear today is that Jesus loves you and he wants to be in relationship with you. And, and, and to make that happen, well, Jesus did the work. He did the work on the cross. He died on the cross so that we could have a relationship with him and with, with his heavenly father, our heavenly father. And that happens as we simply ask him to come into our hearts and forgive our sins to begin that walk with him. And we begin loving him and walking according to his plans and his purposes. It's the most important thing that you Perhaps some of you here today need to, need to hear today. So back to Acts chapter 28. What purpose could an arrest and a long storm and a shipwreck and a snake bite, what, what purpose could all of those things or any of those things serve? Acts chapter 28 says, uh, Acts chapter 28 verse 5 says that Paul shook the snake into the fire and he suffered no ill effects. So I want you to picture this in your minds. This thing is latched onto his hand. The Bible also says that the people, others who were around the shipwreck, at first when they saw this venomous snake latch onto him, they believed that, well, he, he, he escaped the, the shipwreck. He was supposed to die then, so... So, you know, justice being what it is, he's supposed to die now, and this is how, this is how he's going to go out. <laughs> they expected him to swell up and die. But then, it says that he, he suffered no ill effects. When, when he didn't swell up and die, the people said, oh, he must be a god. He must be some kind of borderline divine being. If I can just add here, don't take some people's opinion too seriously. I mean, one minute they'll think you're a murderer and the next they'll think you're divine. Now, just you know, let, let God define who you are, not, not the opinion of someone else. But, but this happens, he shakes the snake off into the fire and the people who were around this, they see this, they, they may not know that it was a demonstration of God's power, but they've just seen a powerful demonstration of divine healing or divine protection. They've seen this and word got around. In fact, verse seven reads this way, there was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. Verse 8, his father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and they were cured. They honored us in many ways, and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies that we needed. This tells us that, that all of those other things, 
positioned Paul to share the miracle-working, life-transforming message of Jesus Christ, not just to a few people around a campfire, but to an entire island. I want to know someday, maybe when we get to heaven, I want to know just how deeply that island was affected. It says here that everyone on the island who was sick came and they were all healed. It was the healthiest island in the world in that moment. But I believe that not only were they physically touched, but they were spiritually moved because that's what the gospel does. It comes in with power, but it, it, the most important thing that happens isn't the healing of a body, but the healing of a spirit. And, and these people were, were transformed. They began to serve Jesus Christ. A powerful thing happened in this place called Malta in the first century, in the, in the early days of, of, of the history of the church, it happened in part because of an arrest and a storm and a shipwreck and a snake bite. God had a purpose in all of that. He had a purpose that through all of these things, for all of these things, God worked them all together for the good of a man who loved him and who was called according to God's purposes. There have been times in my life, perhaps in your life as well, but there have been times in my life where I've thought, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't understand why things are so hard right now. And I don't like it. If you would have asked Paul at that time, you like a shipwreck? No. Snake bite? Thank you. No. They were unpleasant. They were difficult. But God had a purpose. There have been times in my life where I looked around and I go, I don't like this. I don't, like, I, I don't like what's happening right now. I know I'm in God's will. I, I know that I'm walking according to His plan, but I don't like this. This is hard right now. right? We go through those seasons. We go through those times where, where we, we don't know how long it's going to be and we don't know how difficult it's going to be and just when you think it's getting better, it gets worse. But I've also in those times experienced this overwhelming presence of God because I know that I love Him and He loves me and I know that I've surrendered myself to His will that I'm no longer walking according to my will. So I've looked around at times and seen the pain and I've seen the frustration and I've, I've seen sometimes the, 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 the question experienced and asked the questions, God, why is this happening and why is it happening now? But in faith, saying, Lord, I'm still in your will, and I I believe that you have a purpose for this. That there's a purpose in the pain, that there's a reason for this. And so, Lord, if this is what you want me to go through, or us to go through, or you to go through, so that someone will hear about Jesus, so that one person or a family or a community, or an entire island, or a significant part of our world 
will hear the life-transforming message of Jesus Christ, if that's your, your greater purpose, Lord, I'm willing to go through the pain. It's hard, but he has a purpose. So, I think I know some of what you're going through because in some ways, a lot of us are going through things right now, collectively. But there are some things that you may be going through individually. And I want you to know that if you love Him, and if you've experienced a, a life-transforming relationship with Him and you're walking in relation with Him, if you're walking according to His purposes, then He has a plan. And this morning, I want to pray with you that not only that He will complete these purposes for you, but that He will give you peace in the, in the meantime. So often we pray, God, get me out. And I have learned, and I'll have to relearn it, I'm sure, at some point, because I, I tend to forget, maybe like you. But I've had to learn to say, Lord, more than getting me out of this, teach me what you desire me to learn in the midst of this and through this and because of this and use me for your glory. Would you bow your heads? Let me pray with you. Lord, what an honor it is to serve you. And when the things that come that are difficult, the, the suffering, the storms, <laughs> the shipwrecks and the snake bites. <laughs> we don't like them. But we believe that if we are in the middle of your hand and you bring us through those times, then you have a purpose in them. And so, Lord, more than, more than simply praying, God, get me out, is God teach me while I'm in. Show me your plans and your purposes. Because it's not about my comfort. It's not about my ease. It's about your greater plan. Lord, use me. Use my brothers and sisters receiving this message to be used of you in the midst of those times so that others will know you. This is our prayer. I commit them to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being a part of Aberdeen First Assembly this morning. We look forward to gathering together on site uh, in just a few weeks, but until then, I'm glad that we can connect here. God bless you. Go in the presence and in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ.